What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Do you realize the Niners and the Raiders don't play on Sunday? Uh, I, I mean, I would have if I would have sat down and thought about it, but it wasn't at the, uh, right. the tip of my brain until you brought it up this morning. This beautiful Friday morning. Yeah, I, this beautiful Friday morning. That's right. Uh, hell of a Thursday night game. We've had like we've had this stretch of just Bay Area primetime games here going that have been good. Kind of night football now. Well, couldn't you argue that we're kind of the mecca of uh, of the NFL this week, Thursday night and Monday night games? With a little little dab of yeah, Dallas Niners, on Sunday night. But I'm just going back like plus the Niners just had a Thursday night game that was good. Yep. The Raiders yeah. are kind of toast of the league right now. There. You know, in terms of it's, out of nowhere. Up and comers. That's, that's that's facts. Uh this podcast is brought to you by Ease Woo! and EaseWellness.com. Promo code ham. I gotta think there was a gummy or two rolling around in the Coliseum on Thursday night. There definitely was in the black hole when Gruden said he saw costumes that he'd never seen before. Ease.com, promo code <laughs> ham. Uh our friends, Veterans Day guy, veterans at ease yeah. com. You you can email to get involved in that, uh, again, ease. Oh, that's right. Because if you're a vet, you get twenty five percent off year round. How, how do you beat that guy? Year round. How do you beat that? Uh, ease. Go to ease.com. Best delivery in the game. Best delivery in the game, guy. Ease.com. THC pre rolls, vapes, gummies, and like you said, Ease offers veterans a twenty five percent discount year round. But we want to especially. Promote right now, guy, because if someone, a U.S. veteran, wants to receive the discount, you can email veterans at ease.com. Follow the instructions. Uh, it's pretty easy, guy. You, you, the code HAM still works and paired with the veterans discount. So you get double, a little double whammy. Whammy. Yeah, if you if you got a veteran in your life, hook them up. Help help them hook themselves up. Ease.com for regular discounts. Price drops there. 20 bucks off your first delivery with promo code HAM. Uh, if you've already used it, we appreciate it. Share it. And easewellness.com. That's the CBD shipment. Two or three days is at your door. And the ease.com is a few, you know, less than hours. And it's at your door. 
So we appreciate the e-support as always. Also brought to you by Candid Co. These are the uh, these are the people to get you photo ready for the holiday season. CandidCO.com/ham. Use the code ham. Seventy-five dollars off Candid's aligners to help you straighten your teeth faster. Treatment takes just six months on average. Guy, yeah, experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan. Mm. Show you a three D preview so you can see how your teeth will look after you're done. How do you beat that guy? Photo. That's key. Photo ready. They candid ships your aligners directly to you. There's no hassle going to an orthodontist's office and candid costs sixty five percent less than braces. How do you beat that guy? Like you said, keep your teeth straight. Photo time of the year. Go to candidco.com slash ham and use the code ham to get $75 off. That's candidco.com slash ham. Then code ham. $75 off. Candidco.com slash ham. Code ham. Ham. It's really simple. Ham, 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 ham. I could use a ham sandwich right now. (laughs) Really? Ham? Yeah, I could use maybe a little ham and eggs, you know? Oh. I had a good tri-tip on Thursday night. Where'd you go to get that? This place called Lulu's near Boulder in Louisville, Louisville, Colorado. Apparently, it's one like small town of the year, like four years running. And uh, had that, and then went to the the uh, oh you oh man, this would have been right up your alley, right down the street, like on the block of the barbecue places, this ice cream place. I had a nutter butter milkshake. Wow, would they? So they put the nutter butters you, in there with vanilla, and they mix it up. It's well, it's just they have nutter butter ice cream. Oh. And you just pick whatever ice cream you want for the milkshake. And they give you this straw. It's a paper straw, but it's like a half inch diameter. It's huge. So you can just you just you're just mainlining nutter butter milkshake. I'll say this about the paper straw industry. They've upped their game a little bit. I had one recently that was definitely thicker and could maintain a little bit in the in the wetness. Because I think when they first came yeah, out which which gets us to get Roman oh. <laughs> they made uh they probably it felt like they just used one piece of paper and then they rolled it really tight and it was like this is not going to work guys yeah. I think they've upped their game no. and again I, I don't paper plastic fucking drywall if it works I'm not going to complain my, my issue with the paper straw you can't give me a straw like Haberman said you can't just claim this is a solution when it doesn't work so if it works I'm good if it's saving the fish saving yeah. the birds cool but just I'm trying to drink and that's listen. Humans are selfish. I care about humans more than I care about the birds and the fish. I'm sorry, you can't you can sue me on that one. But the paper the new paper straw guy, the new version, and I think I've had one like you just had with your milkshake, they've improved. And you could argue you care more about getting the beverage into your face without the straw collapsing more than you care about other people. Right? One hundred percent people over animals, <laughs> me over others. It, that's that's right? all humans, and anyone that tells you they don't, yeah. they aren't obsessed with themselves first, and their and their own personal, just their little little circle of life, which usually they're like family, and then nothing else. That's just a fact, you know. Now there are a couple people that are legitimately uh, care about others. Well, I mean. How about you mean like John Gruden in the black hole on Thursday night? He, he's a diehard black that hole scene guy. after the game. Holy smokes, man! Like you do watch that and you think, yeah, would how many other teams would he have coached if this is real? Does he just do that for every team? The problem is every team doesn't have that happening in their end zone. But uh, that was a that was a big night for it was a huge night for the Raiders because obviously it was divisional game. It was on national TV. hadn't been at the Coliseum in that environment in a long time. 
but really just they're in the playoff race now. I mean, we've talked about it. That was a must-win game. They won it. Now you start looking around going, look at their schedule, look at the standings, as we have. And you just how well Derek's playing, they're in really good shape. Well, I think to make the playoffs. You don't play Phillip Rivers every week, though. That's the problem. Yeah, but I, what's weird about the Chargers, right, is they are a really, really talented team. They just have a couple fundamental flaws. One, their offensive line sucks. And two, Rivers. It's like, Phillip, are you throwing alley-oops? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? But you got the Raiders fucking came to play. And they, they've really came to play the majority of this season. Listen, I'll, I'll take the L on being wrong. I thought they once, – once Antonio Brown fiasco happened right before the season, it was less about the fiasco and more just if you thought they were going to be a competitive team, they were going to need – like he's – we forget now because he's such a clown and he tweets about – you see some of his Twitter tirade yesterday. And then he goes back. He's from the burner accounts or from his account. From his account. Because apparently he's got like two burners. Out so there he freaks out, and then if, and then three hours later, I'm sorry. I'm just emotional. Like Antonio, you can't keep saying you're sorry every fucking other day. But in a vacuum, they Antonio was supposed to be. Imagine if Antonio was normal and on this team, they'd have like the best offense in the league. They'd be one. They'd be dominant. But maybe. What they needed with this young group was kind of like, fuck you, no one believes in us. Because literally no one did. Uh, once he kind of... And somebody else, and somebody, and unproven people have to step up too, right? Yeah, and it's just kind of like, okay, whatever. And I think it's sometimes it's easy when you have a bunch of green, just, well, who cares? You know, just let's see what we can make happen. Like Hunter Renfro doesn't, Josh Jacobs doesn't right. care. Darren Waller doesn't care. He's like, I'm just trying to stay sober day by day. You know, uh, Mad Max Crosby doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Eric Harris, I saw a NFL Network tweeted out something about him. He's made, I mean, he had at one point in time, if there weren't penalties, didn't it feel like he had eight picks last night? Yeah. He had a pick six against the Colts early in the season. Like, he's made plays all year long. Guy, he went to P, He went to uh, University of California, PA. He then had to work n- nothing out of college. Goes to the Isn't that C- where uh, Cody, our old producer, went? Yep. Goes to the producer CFL. Cast. Didn't he go to Cal? Yeah. <laughs> Goes to the CFL for multiple years. Then, like, gets a shot with the Saints as, like, a special teamer. Then tears his ACL. Like, his – it really is pretty remarkable, his path. And when you watch the Raiders, for all you want to talk shit about their defense, and it's not great, and I'm not going to hop on the table and say Cleveland Farrell look like Cleo Mack because he's going up against absolute scrubs. But Eric Harris making plays, and he was, I mean, it was, even by the end, by the second half, Aikman's like, God, he, Harris is reading you, Rivers, don't throw, he's just picking you off here. It's like, is Eric Harris turning into Ed Reed mid-game? Because <laughs> the, the couple, the early ones were easy, but I'd say the last one where they threw the flag, and, and he goes, God, he's he's reading Rivers, that, that's like an impressive play, right? Where you, you're in the middle of the field, yeah. he doesn't see you, you break, Pick it off and stride. That was badass. I like that guy. How about Gruden yeah, so at the, what did he the, end the last with, drive of the game? He ended up with two picks, but felt like three. Is that what it was? He ended up with two? Yeah, it felt like five, but yeah, you're right. He definitely had two. <laughs> I thought he had I thought he had three. No, because yeah, Carl Joseph had the last one of the game. Rivers threw three official picks. Yeah, but weren't there f- Yeah, but weren't there four? Rivers One got called back on the penalty. Yeah, they got credited for three picks. 
So Harris had right. Harris had you're right three actual picks, but only two counted. <laughs> I watched him intercept three passes, but only two. Counted. Yeah. yeah, but think about this: he's had a season. Well, sometimes if you look at like Patrick Peterson or whatever, and you go their career defensive touchdowns, or like a Richard Sherman, they have like two career defensive touchdowns. Like getting a pick six yeah. is really difficult to do. He has two pick sixes this season. How about Carl Joseph? I mean, that little motherfucker is just laying the wood. Now, I was reading Jimmy Durkin's Twitter account. He left the game in crutches. Whatever yeah. happened on that final play, I, I, did he come down wrong? I don't know, but he got hurt on the so final I play. Saw, yeah, so it looked like his foot got... Like, a, like an NBA hopefully ankle sprain? Hopefully just a sprain. Yeah, it's, it's got like stuck, and then the dude that's fallen kind of rolls over it, so it holds it in place as he continues to roll. Wasn't ideal. It wasn't hideous, but it definitely looked like it hurt. Is there a guy in the league that's smaller and is more fear or less fearless? Like, I mean, Carl Joseph just plays like he's six six. Yeah, I mean, play like time, like Honey Badger. That's but Honey Badger, even for like Honey Badger, is five eleven. You know, I mean, Carl Joseph is like five eight, and he will just yeah, true. crush you. Wait, he's 5'8"? Yeah, I mean, I... I that, he's at like 5'10"? I've eyeballed him. I, I feel like he's tiny. I, I'm going... How how tall is, like, Darren Sproles, though? Five, Isn't Darren Sproles, like, 5'8"? No, eight? Darren Sproles, 5'6". Like six. Six, six. Okay. Shout out Darren Sproles, then. Um, is there any more misleading stat right now than Phillip Rivers leads the NFL in passing yards? I, I, I Phillip Rivers shot... They can't go on with him, John. Well, he's a free agent, so you just let him walk. Yeah. Well, I just like if he wasn't a free agent, could they trade? What could they get for him in this offseason? If they trade, tried to trade like, him, what like would they you're get? saying franchise and trade, or let's say he had one more year on his deal. Yeah, let's just say he had a couple more years on his whatever. Just like, what would the value be? Would they get better than a third? Yeah, he's gonna be 38 years old, inclined to throw picks, but he is Philip Rivers. I. I Maybe you I don't think second with the. I mean, Muhammad Sanu got a second. Is like, he's you got to free it, you know. I know, but just a short-term quarterback. First of all, he's an he's a Southern California. He's played in warm weather his whole career. So, will you trade him to the Bears for a second? Yeah, I don't love him in no. the Bears weather. Johnny, the Bears weather. He can't throw in the Bay Area. The 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 the. The ball doesn't fly at the Coliseum at night. My my, my issue with uh, with Philip Rivers, in my defense of Philip Rivers, and it's more of an indictment on Dean Spanos. And I'm going to give Mark Davis credit. And I saw Cal Kami tweeting about this this morning, or maybe it was last night. And I think it's true. He now is at eight years. The last eight years, he's 38 years old. So he had maybe some bad tendencies or whatever those first several, you know, six or seven years. But it was clear he was a really good player, right, mm-hmm. under North Turner. Like, Phillip Rivers was a, yeah. viewed as a high-level quarterback going into his 30s. Then for five years, he gets Mike McCoy, and now he's going on his third year with Anthony Lynn. Those guys combined, I would imagine, every single year they were a coach of the league. Anthony Lynn is the lo- lowest-paid coach in the league. I would imagine Mike McCoy, if wasn't the lowest-paid coach in the league, was competing for that honor every year. So he got to a position where if he would have had a guy like Gruden, just had a high price coach that he respects, like, Philip, you can't fucking change the play all the time. You can't be free. Just help him out with some stuff. Now, 
he's like the old. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like he's too far gone now. But yeah, you see, like, and physically is just too. Yeah, he's, physically it's hard. He's to not the same. But it's just I. That, last night was an indictment on Dean Spanos. Like you are such a cheap owner that you've ruined your only chance these five or six years. Like, you just watched the game last night, and you go, well, the Chargers have just better players than the Raiders. Like, how how are you constantly just always underachieving? How have you underachieved this much the last eight years with just consistent talent? It's, it's, a, it's a shame. And it gets back to, we talk about it all the time in football, in college. College is more just about running kind of the operation. And the pros... Is about that too, but if you have a good GM, he can kind of run. It's really about schematics, right? Can you just play chess with people on Sunday, Thursday, or Monday? And listen, I Anthony Lynn has had some moments over the years where he's just like, he went for two. Like, yeah, he's got some balls. Fuck. We, we, I say it all the time. People at the top of the stadium are cheering for you to go for it. I, I don't. Analytic people act like that's some new movement. Literally, our entire life, people have been screaming at coaches to go for it. It's not that crazy. <laughs> but can you out-scheme someone? Can you prepare? Like, clearly Gruden just has some shit that works or knows that he can go with some go-to plays and has now a very good working relationship with his quarterback. He's a $10 million coach. Now, we could argue that he deserved the $10 million, Whatever. He got it. And you look around well, the league, all the best coaches usually make a lot of money. Is Like, Dean Spanos gets what he deserves. Like, if he gets a low-level, low-paid coach, you get a low-paid return. What I'd say right now is we could debate ten million or eight million or six million, but based on what happened with Antonio, the way this Raiders team has played, and now they're in position, so they obviously spent their whole off season getting ready for Antonio, and then had to not the whole off season, but a good portion of the preseason getting ready to play football. We're building the offense around Antonio Brown, and then he was gone, and they've adjusted, and now they're five and four. I mean, the team ahead of them in the in the playoff race. I guess it, one thing would be it's big for the Raiders, right, for the Texans to win the AFC South, not the Colts. Well, that, that has to happen. To me, that – I think people are acting because like – Because of the tiebreaker. Yeah, I think people are acting a little like the sixth spot is just open. It's not necessarily unless the Colts come back to earth. They're going to need – the Colts play the Dolphins this week. Then they have a bunch of games with like – they have multiple games with the Jaguars. They have another game with the Texans. Like You're going to need them to lose some games, guy. You can't have them – if the Colts go ten and six, and the and the Texans go eleven and five, like the Raiders are not making the playoffs. Now, if they go nine and seven, and you can get to nine and seven, then you can. But you're not making the playoffs, even if you go ten and six and they go ten and six. It's a wrap. You need them to come back to earth. Now you've got a little bit of a reprieve. Their quarterback has a strained MCL. I, I last I saw, it's unsure if he's going to play this week. But regardless whether he plays this week or not, because they could. They should be able to beat the Dolphins with Brian Hoyer. But if he misses a couple games or he comes back and he's just kind of hobbling, like that is a, a new curveball into this conversation, right? Does Hoyer wear a knee brace? Uh, yeah. Why does, ev- yeah, Why does every so. former Belichick or current Belichick quarterback have one leg that they just like Garoppolo knee brace, Brissett knee brace, Tom big bulky knee brace? I feel like Hoyer runs around without a knee brace, but I have to. Could be I'd wrong have to look that. at that. That's all right. We don't need to investigate further. Um, so here are the Raiders at five and four. Then what do they? Where can they get? Bengals this week. Where's that game? Six Cincinnati. And four. 
Nope, it's at home. Okay, win. Well, not the next week. Not that it would matter, you know, but week yeah, eleven. Okay. <laughs> the Jets game is in New York. Like it's shaping up, right? They'll be in position to be seven and four, going to Kansas City. And depending on where it is, like if they're seven and four, they'll be in the mix for a wild card. That will feel like one of the biggest games of Derek's career going into it, and it'll be one of the biggest games of the Gruden era to this. See, point. but th- maybe th- the this biggest. is where we talk about like. The Raiders, my argument is always like, who are they to have trap games? But you're human. You're five and four. Like, you're not good enough just to go lock, lock, win, win against the Jets and the Bengals. Not that I, the Bengals I, suck no, and I the agree. Jets are in shambles, but you have to win those fucking games. But you'll be. Fa- I'm just saying you'll be favored in these games. Yeah. Right. Like I, I know you're good enough to win this game. But here's the thing. So, so let's just bear with me in this in this scenario though. So you're seven and four going into Kansas City. Hopefully, if you it'll and it'll feel like the biggest game. It'll feel like a massive game in the career of Derek Carr and John Gruden and all that. But here's the thing: then you play Tennessee at home. Then you play Jacksonville at home. Then you finish with the Chargers and the Broncos. So you can lose that Kansas. Kind of shitty game. the Coliseum doesn't get Week 17, does isn't it? Yeah. Well, not only does it not get Week 17, it gets Week 15 against the Jags. Kind that is the going away part. That's kind of, fu- Which, that's kind of I don't fucked know, up. Maybe Foles is playing well. Maybe Foles will go for. Hopefully, that'll be not a six touchdown Foles day. But I'm just saying, like outside of the Kansas City game, are they going to be? Will they be favored against Kansas City? Yes. Will they be favored against the Jets? Yes. At this point, would they be favored against Tennessee at home? Uh, yeah. I mean, Tennessee plays Kansas City this weekend. We'll see. I mean, they're not a very good team, but okay. yeah, yeah, they should be. I'm just saying, like conceivably, they're. They could conceivably be favored in every game they play the rest of the year except for the the Chiefs game. Now, part of that is contingent on them win, continuing to win. But that's how it stands right now. I I would agree. And I, I would say it's one of the biggest stories of the year that this team is in the playoff mix as we had like toward Thanksgiving. That's crazy. Especially when you factor in there on hard knocks and how – Polarizing is probably the wrong word, but just how shocking the Antonio Brown situation was. Part of it was it was the Hard Knocks team, but part of it was just we had never seen anything like that. I also think when you said, you know, Gruden gets a lot of credit for how they handled it, I also think they were somewhat not, I'm not trying to diminish what they've done without him, but they were kind of forced, and Gruden talked about this during training camp. They were lucky he didn't just randomly freak out the week before the season, say I want out, as he'd been practicing the whole time. Because you would have built the whole, definitely would have built the whole offense. He just, because he burned his feet off, you just had to run plays for fucking Terrell Williams and Josh Jacobs. So they remember they were saying like, well, he hasn't been practicing. It's not as crazy as you guys think. They were kind of right. Right? Yeah. Because remember yeah. that during OTAs, they tweet out these, Derek just feeding it to 84. And it's like, God damn, Antonio's sweet. Well, right. you couldn't really think like that. You just Waller became the star because of course he's thrown it to Waller because the eighty four is not there. So they just kind of created this bond, and I, it also turns out that Josh Jacobs is one of the better first round rookies that I remember as a running back. Because, like, when you think about like Alvin Kamara or Kareem Hunt in recent memory, right? They were really good. They were on really good teams. So, and I'm not taking, like, Kareem Hunt, I'm not taking anything away from him. That year, like, his rookie year, it was clear the motherfucker was sweet. Same with Kamara. 
But you do have Michael Thomas, you got Tyreek Hill, you got Travis Kelsey, you got Sean. Like, they got a lot of options. With the Raiders, it's like, everyone screamed the TV, like, Gruden, get 28 back in the game. I always thought it was kind of crazy when he takes him out, but I do get it. Like, he's 22 years old. You can't just ride him into the ground. He's on pace for, like, 300 carries, which Aikman made the point last night. He's like, that's a lot of carries. And it's not just carries. Like, he's out there, pass protection's a collision, right? Well, and do you know that he amassed his yardage from Alabama last year, like last night, I think. So think about that. It's not like he's really? coming from a wow. – it's not like he's the last three years used to getting 200-plus carries. Now, it's not quite – you know the number two guy for the Panthers has 11 total carries on the season? <laughs> Someone's like, are they just going to kill McCaffrey? <laughs> wow. But I would imagine – like what it, you were saying the other day about Emmett, right? You made the point the other day about Emmett. Like, you remember who Emmett's backup was? No, it doesn't matter. They gave the ball to Emmett. But I also feel like back then, guys maybe resigned to the fact, used to it. It wasn't even talked about. Like, you just you just gave it to guys, right? It wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Now, it's yeah. just, right. you think a little more big picture. You think a little, like, I'm going to go to the Raiders right now. Well, you know, it's not that much different for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs has 168 carries. DeAndre Washington, what would you guess how many carries he has? Uh, 15. I don't feel like I've seen him have one carry. I mean, 17? He has more than you think. He, he's got 38. 30? Okay. So they've done... And Richard just has catches? Richard has like 18. So between the two of them, they got like 55. You know? You could argue 55 is better than like Jacobs to the next guy. Or I mean, McCaffrey to the next guy is 11. Because McCaffrey carries and catches too. Yeah, well, so does Jacobs. I mean, that's the other thing with Jacobs. He's How got, many catches does he have? Jacobs has... Not as many. I guess 14. That's where Richard comes in. Richard has more catches. That's where it helps. I think what's really helped the Raiders is Darren Waller's just giving 51 catches through, you know. I mean, is Darren Waller going to catch 88 balls on the season? Is Darren Waller going – like, I watched last night. Is Josh Jacobs a pro bowler? How's he not in the pro bowl, right? Like, just he's one of the first picks in the AFC, a pro bowler. And you could argue when the, the stats are just going to be so good – if the Raiders go nine and seven, I I would imagine Darren Waller is also a Pro Bowler because it's I mean you just you catch ninety balls as a tight end, especially given his story. That's that's a pretty incredible accomplishment. Well, he's yeah, I mean he is uh, he's second in the NFL among tight end receptions right now. Who's one? You would not guess Austin, no Austin chance. Hooper. Oh, okay, yeah, you guess. Well, only because I remember, like, three weeks ago, looking at the list, and he was up there. <laughs> when you got Matt Schaub thrown for 500 uh, yards in games, I mean, you're going to get some hollow catches. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, fuck, they're, they're going to have some pro bowlers on offense. There's, there's no really argument. I mean, did you... Did, well, their offense looks good. No, I mean... I mean, they fucking... They dominate. I mean, they have an identity. And when you have an identity, you, you can... If you have an identity and you have good players, you can win games. And I think the last several years, they haven't had an identity. Like, when they made the playoffs, they had a legit identity, right? 
They threw fades to Crabtree. They went to Crabtree in big spots. Seth Roberts was reliable over the middle, and Amari was their big play guy. And their offensive line kept Derek just until the play when he broke his ankle. Their offensive line dominated all season. They could throw the ball on anybody. And their defense was not that great, but they made they turned the ball over. Like this Raiders team has, a, to me, a clear identity. They will smash you. They want to hit you in the teeth. And then off that, Derek can just... Maybe Gruden has resurrected Derek's career because he got him like a higher level version of a game manager. Like he's... Do you know what he looks like right now? Is like Alex Smith's best year with the Chiefs. Where it's like, he ain't game managing. He's beating you, but he's not turning the ball over. He's not putting the ball in bad spots. Derek's has a more explosive arm, so he's... They're pushing the ball downfield when they when they have their opportunities, uh, and it's working. If he's four, he's fourteen and four, fourteen touchdowns, four picks right now. Well, that's pretty. I mean, you do that and run the ball. Now, again, you, usually you do that and run the ball and play defense, which is kind of their Achilles' heel. But you know, the ball's going to be in the air. They'll make some plays. If they score, at least they'll face teams that have to throw against them, and then maybe they can make some plays. But that's what I'm saying. If you said Derek has a huge bounce back year, you'd be like, I bet he throws like 38 touchdowns. That, that's probably with Antonio Brown. It would be impossible without him. Like he's on pace for what? About 27 touchdowns? You know? 26? But yeah, but if, if it's all said and done, if he's 27 and 8, right? If he's 26 or 27 touchdowns and eight picks, seven well, how many? Picks? You say he's got he's got four interceptions. I don't know if they can make the playoffs if he throws four more picks. Because the one thing you see last night, because their defense can't really stop anyone, they can't afford for him to turn the ball over. This is where I'm saying his Alex Smith comp. Like he can't afford to kind of be the gunslinger because if he throws picks, you can't. Their defense is so bad they can't give extra possessions. Like Rivers, part of the reason. So if they're a playoff team, what's his? What are his numbers? I'd say about twenty-eight and five. It's only one more pick the last seven the last seven games of the season. Yeah, I mean, guy, yeah. I mean, he's if they're gonna make the playoffs, Derek Carr is gonna have a an interception to me six of the most. You you can't now if you told me he throws like two picks against the bank, like you could overcome it against a really shitty team, but you can't throw a second half pick against the Jaguars in a tight game. Like you'll just lose or the Chiefs. Now you could yeah, say the Chiefs I are going to be an L no matter what, but or the Broncos in Denver. Now the the Charger game you said is the last game of the season, or second, yeah. or, like, uh, or is it Denver? It's they play whatever. Denver and the but, but when when they do play that game, doesn't that have the chance to be a weird game? You for San Diego or LA? Like they're just you know three games under. Lynn's going to get fired. Rivers it might be his last game ever with the Chargers. You might be able to take advantage of just like, God, this Chargers are in a weird spot. Just kick their ass. Where the Denver game, like, I, I think a lot of Raider fans are just chalking that thing up. We all can agree here. That's going to be, like, unless they tap out, which they're clearly not. That's not the plan. That's a tougher game. than It's just hard to win there. It's one of the rare yeah. places, even when they're kind of down, you're like, eh, Denver's a weird spot. And unlike Kansas City, which is a double whammy, it's a rivalry game, and that game has a chance to actually have impact, the Denver Raider game is just one of the more historic rivalries that there's just legit hatred if both teams have two wins or both teams have ten wins. It just means something to the crowd. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. 
not quite as historic, but a rivalry, Monday Night Football. Uh, as of the recording of this podcast, which is Friday morning, George Kittle has not practiced. I, Kyle said he's got – now, I don't know if Kyle meant – he said he's got two things going on with two things. So he said he's got two things going on with his knee and his ankle. So I don't know if that meant he's got a knee and an ankle or he's got two things with his knee and two things with his ankle. That would not be good. But what's obvious <laughs> – one thing is clear is, like, Kittle is – if this was like WWE, his if this was wrestling, his favorite wrestling, he'd be coming down the ramp in like a wheelchair, and then he'd have to like break out of the wheelchair to body slam somebody. Do um, you think he's going to play Monday Night Football, prime time Seahawks? Yeah. Would you be surprised if he's not on the field? I will be floored if he doesn't play. As we sit here Friday morning, you know, technically they've only had one official practice, like in the sense of. The one official practice where they had to give an injury report because their Thursday is a Wednesday. Uh, I don't pay much attention to it till he's out, and then if he's out, it's a big fucking deal because it's you can overcome tackles, scheme it. How do you how do you scheme? Like this guy is just their playmaker, you know. I mean, this guy's just you don't scheme when you lose DeAndre Hopkins or Julio. Like you just lose that guy. You know, it's like Kawhi Leonard is load managing. We'll just we'll just have better ball move. No, that motherfucker averages thirty a game. Kid, next next man yeah, up. Kid, didn't Ch- didn't Troy kind of crush that last night? The next man up. Thing. Yeah, he was saying like the next man up. I missed that. He's like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, someone else has to play. There are eleven guys on the field, but let's not act like quote unquote next man up isn't a massive loss. I don't know if he was talking about Derwin James or Antonio Brown, but he's like, you can say that all you want, but. If you lose Derwin James or you lose George Kittle, like it's different with an offensive line. I just think in general, like Joe Staley is one of the most famous, most important players of the last 12 years of the Niners. Like in franchise history, he's going to go down probably as one of the best offensive linemen in the history of a franchise with five Lombardi trophies. But he's an offensive lineman, you know, and he'd even tell you this. It's a group. It's a unit. You, You can do other things. Like obviously he's better than school, but you can overcome it. It is hard to overcome your best fucking playmaker. We've seen it's impossible to overcome a quarterback. We've seen Jimmy go down. They're done. I don't give a shit. I, I, sometimes I'll hear someone be like, you think they could win some games with Mullins? Yeah, maybe a game, but let's not act like the drop-off is dramatic. You know, We saw what Derek Carr shattered his ankle. They were a team that looked like, is this team going to win the division and maybe make a run at the Super Bowl? To, they could not function as an offense. Little different with you know a tight end than a quarterback, but I think this individual, I think there are several in football. I think McCaffrey's definitely probably even more than like a Kittle, right? They couldn't function without McCaffrey. You could function without Kittle, but I think for the first time this year, Usechek, Akello, Staley, McGlinchey, it would be like whoa, you know, it, it would. Like I think the guy for the. For Seattle, I think the person who it would be, it wouldn't be Lockett, it wouldn't be DK, it wasn't Disley, it would be Chris Carson. Like, if they didn't have Chris Carson, just the way their offense functions, because they like are one of the best rushing teams in the league, Rashad Penny stinks, you'd be like, oh, they're in trouble. There is one guy, I think, on every offense, non-quarterback, to a good offense, that you just, you really feel his presence. We saw it with the Colts, with T.Y., Remember when the Raiders played him? They just weren't the same. When T, whenever yeah. I'm watching the Colts yeah. and Ty's in, and Ma- but and Marlon Mack, 
Right. It was a double whammy. But I'm just saying their passing game with 13 in the game, when you just watch the Colts, they feed him screens, they feed him deep. Like he's just he's a special player. You see it with, you know, the Texans with DeAndre Hopkins. And I think Kittle, the Niners haven't really had this guy in a long, long time. Because even in like the Kaepernick Harbaugh years, you'd be like, well, you could function without Vernon, Crabtree, and Frank just have to step up. You could function without Crabtree. Anquan and Frank and Vernon just need, like there was just a little more spread out. This is a little less spread out. Would you agree? Just given like big spots, you're going to 85, and you and you depend on him in big games. I, to so I do, yeah. So I do agree. Period. But I do think this team is still kind of evolving offensively, just because Emmanuel Sanders just got added. Kyle Uzcheck is coming back. Forget about Emmanuel sometimes. I just think they're a little better equipped, but in order to take advantage of it, you have to have Kyle Shanahan. Like you were making this point to me before the podcast about the offensive line. Like when we were talking about like, oh, the Niners just plugged in left tackles, no biggie. Well, it's like, yeah, but it's a biggie. You watch, we watched the Chargers last night. It was a biggie for them to just plug in a left tackle. Like the Niners, part of this is when you watch the league and you see other teams trying to replace key players, they don't seem to do it as seamlessly as them. Now, I don't. does that mean you can win without Kittle this week? Friday, if it came to that, or Monday, if it came to that, I think they could. I mean, but it's you wouldn't choose to try it. I mean, he's he clearly is in that category. What Gronk? I think really it's like what Gronk was for the Patriots, right? Where it's like, could they win without him? Yeah, but you can just something's missing when he's not there. Something's clearly missing. Yeah, even when he's not, even Kittle at less than a hundred. Like we saw, whoa. I mean, less than 100%. I don't know what he was in that Cardinals game. 60%? It was still a game changer just to have him around. Because he would, from the moment the ball was snapped to the end of the play, he could be 100%, it felt like, for a minute. Now, you could argue for a, this Seattle defense is probably their worst defense of the last decade. So you, in theory, could get by with this, right? I, I think you'd be less equipped to, like, Bosa's out this game. You'd be like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's probably more important to have your defense st- stacked then your offense, given just this defense, is really bad. You know, they're consistently getting kind of getting smoked. Now, last week, Tampa was up 21-7 at one point. The difference is Tampa, even though Jameis is just a roller coaster ride, they are pretty loaded on offense. I mean, Evans, you know who, you know who he, uh, Arians loves now is Ronald Jones. Like, he's been, you just watch Ronald Jones. He's kind of established Rojo? himself as a fucking player. Man. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're tight ends. So, could you get by with Will, not Will Disley, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Dwelly. You know, I'd say Dwelly's a little bit of a, Dwelly's a solid second tight end, but he's not George Kittle. Yeah. It would just be an incredible test, right, just given how many guys they've had to work, how many injuries they've had to work through. But they're also at the point where, the only way the like the 49ers are not winning the NFC or winning playoff games with a bunch of key guys out. That's not the way it works. So you just big picture, you have to like they're already luckily they got all these guys coming back, but you have to get George Kittle healthy cuz you need him to make a run. You know, you you just already you're lost one. You're saying you would Alexander. consider not You're saying you would consider not playing. No, him? I mean I next week would probably be the week to take off. I, I also, I think us on the outside, when you see a guy not practice, it doesn't mean as much to me 
especially late in the season, older players that are dinged up, like guys don't practice. This is like this is the NFL. You just get you get paid to play. I'll, what means more to me was just watching him struggle to move around against the Cardinals. Yeah. And just one that was the that was the moment it happened. Now here we are as the time goes on and whatever, it swells, it bruises. That's what I kinda worry about. Now like It'd you, be a huge know, story if it's announced earlier. like an hour and a half before the game, he was a game time decision and then he's out. That'd be a big deal. Yeah. I didn't even really think of the fact until you brought it up this morning that maybe it is a possibility. Well, just because everyone's writing about, it, but I think everyone's writing about it because he's just not practicing, so he's just got to be on alert. But and you made the point earlier, like, is it are these injuries that will get worse, or is this just if he just keeps playing, eventually, just time they'll get better? Niners are six point favorites, by the way. You you could say right. a big picture topic here, when you play like Gronk, and you're that physical, and you block that much, and you take these crazy hits because you're going over the middle, and you're fucking welcoming contact and you're tossing guys and everyone is going low on you because you are so physical right that's the other part I, i'm not even thinking about trying to tackle you around your numbers because you'll throw me to the ground and then i'll get made fun of on monday film session well remember who what was it tj ward remember the one game that took out gronk and ruined his knee and everyone there was like this indictment well you were trying to knock out head injuries what am i supposed to do i can't go for his head i'm surely not going to tackle him at his waist so i'm going to take it like knee down that's where i'm going to Cut up, saw him off. If I'm if I'm Carl Joseph, if I'm if George Kittle's coming over the middle, Buda Baker. Yeah, but where are you tackling him? You're not. No chance you're going high. One, you get penalized, so you don't do that anymore. Two, you just go low, and he's just. It's going to be hard at his style to be dominant for like ten years. Like human bodies aren't supposed to do this. That's where you got to be. You know, you got to be. I, careful is the wrong word. You just got to pick a spot. But the problem is they're not in a position where they can pick a spot. They just need them. They kind of ride them. I, but but couldn't you argue they're 8-0 and o right now? Now, the problem is you're 8-0. You kind of take your foot off the gas a little against the Seahawks. All of a sudden, you're 8-1, and one and they're 8-2. and two. Yeah, to, to, to me, to me, they're going to host you next. Yeah, to me, the 8-0 and o thing is you can't put it in a vacuum because you have to put it in context with a division, and it turns out they're just in the best division in football. <laughs> Right, like, what if the Rams go on this this weekend and beat Pittsburgh, and they got Jalen Ramsey? Then all of a sudden you're like, damn, the Rams are six and three. I thought they were like uh, five and five. What the fuck's going on here? Because <laughs> then we're like, oh, the Rams are done. And then it's like, oh, couple wins, couple wins, trade for Ramsey. Boom, they got a big game. Now if they lose this game, we don't take them as seriously. But if by Sunday, if by Monday morning, you're like, well, Kittle might not play, and the Rams have won, you're like, god damn, these teams won't go away. Because the you, you, the real, I'd say the Rams aren't done as a division champ or anything. I mean, are probably unlikely as a division champ. But you do play them again, and if they're just rattling off a bunch of wins, that game would be hard. Like they would have definitely incentive. You just beat them, they're they're going to come swinging, and they might just be in a position where even if you they can't pass you for the division, they might just need to win to get that fucking last spot. Like they, to me, they're probably thinking a little less about the Niners. And more just like we have to maintain with Seattle. They're 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 not ten playoff spots, right? They're only they're really only two when you factor in the wild cards. If neither one of those right. teams are going to win division, so if you're the Rams and you're the you're the third team, you just go well. We have to win on Sunday because we're going to assume weird shit might happen Monday. 
we can't we can't risk losing on Sunday and then have Seattle win Monday. It's like, well, it's just a two-team race and we're out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a bigger I really of the just three teams. It's the Rams are more must win Sunday than either one of the teams Monday night. Yeah. Because the Niners clearly are not must win. They have a two game lead. Seattle's not must win either because there are so many teams in the NFC with three losses that they're they're still in a pretty good position right now to make the playoffs, even if they lose Monday night. Cause I, I can't I really I can't dock you much for a home loss or excuse me, an away loss on Monday night football against loss. a really good team. Yeah. I just want to know about Kittle for my DraftKings team because I like the matchup with him and the Seahawks defense. Well, we got I we tweeted, need everybody getting our DraftKings game. Yeah, I'll, I'll tweet it out again today. DraftKings game, $3 buy-in. Get in, people. $3 buy-in? Come on. 3 bucks to come hang with us on DraftKings? Yeah. I, I would have gone like a someone, – someone tweeted at me actually – Three player, me, you, and the other guy, $100 buy in, winner take all. Yeah, this was uh, 107 on the buy in. It was, uh, I got the DM too. You want in? What was his name? Not really. Uh, where'd that DM go? That was from. It is a good feeling if you Jules. win it. It is a good feeling Jules. if you win it. So my, my, my issue is. I've probably played like seven or eight $50 games this year, just head-to-headers. And I'm like one for six. (laughs) All right, go get in the DraftKings game. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by GetRoman. No cough. GetRoman.com. We've been telling you about it. You've been hearing about it. Now's the time. GetRoman.com slash ham. That's the key. Slash ham. For a free online visit, free two-day shipping, with Roman, it is easy to talk about erectile dysfunction with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, it's safe, totally discreet. Guy with Roman, you get a free online evaluation, like you said. And the, the yep. key is you never go to a doctor. And I, I don't like going to the doctor. I don't like going to the dentist. I don't really like going anywhere. Uh, but especially places that are going to mess with you. But sometimes we need help. And that's why we are coming to the table with our friends at GetRoman.com. If you have erectile dysfunction, you don't need to tell anybody. We'll never even know. You just go to GetRoman.com. And you reach out to a doctor online. And we, we start tackling this problem. Because this is a problem that impacts a lot of people. And, you know, you're going to be insecure about going to a doctor or whatever. I completely get it. And you don't have to be because it's all discreet. That's a key. That's a key word here, guy. Hashtag discreet. Also, it's getting cold outside, John. You're gonna to want to be able to cuddle up oh, good. this winter. That's a good, that's a good point. It's getting a that's little not chilly. part of the read. That's just me ad libbing. <laughs> uh, GetRoman.com/ham. It's GetRoman.com/ham. I, I don't know. We talked about this on the last pod. SeatGeek, SeatGeek app promo code ham. Ten bucks off. I think if anyone was thinking about going to the Raider game on Thursday night and didn't, probably have major FOMO watching that thing on Thursday night. Don't let it happen to you Monday night when the Niners and Seahawks play on Monday night football. Go to the SeatGeek app. Also, you want to go check out the Chase Center? That $10 is going a lot further these days. SeatGeek app. I'm telling you about it. Go get it. Okay, if you want to sit in like works online, second level 49ers, SeatGeek, second level. Yeah. Good deal. Mm-hmm. Row 13, C217, about $550. Uh, like the, okay. the club area for the Niners, row 33. So it's like the lower level, about 720 
You want to go Bud Light Lounge? Uh, that's about $450. So, yeah, I mean, uh, again, Jed makes a lot of money because his price points are like quadruple what the Coliseum was. But you you want to see Niner Seahawks, you got to pay to play, guy. This this is playoff game. Damn. These things ain't cheap. This, this is yeah. this is not Pee Wee football. No, this would. This is what happens at 8 no. Last undefeated team in the NFL. SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app. I have it. You have it. Uh, you, you're doing Colorado, Stanford. You want to go to college football games? You know, if you – L.A., you live in the Bay Area, you want to go co- – like you said, college basketball games are great deals, NBA games, concerts, comedy, you name it. Whatever you're thinking about going to, if you hear about an event, see an event, just go to the SeatGeek app and type it in. You know, if you live by some venue, just type in the venue and you can see what's coming there also. It's easy. Promo code ham. What's your uh, what's your favorite headline so far of the end of the week here? It, it would have to be last night. Uh, it might have been right after the Raider game ended, and it's one of those where you see you don't take that seriously, but you just thoroughly enjoy reading it about four times. You're like, did he really just write that? That rap sheet and uh, Garofolo, Garofolo, who actually shaved his head, like he had the. Uh, yeah. He had the cul-de-sac going for a long time, and then he finally bicked it. He was lucky enough, though. The good beard came right into the cul-de-sac. He pulled it off. He had a skinny face. It, it looked pretty good. Also, great skin tone, he, right? He, Olive. He looked good. Yeah, there's no... Like, he could pull that off. Uh, but he tweeted, rap sheet, that Deion Sanders is becoming a serious candidate. Now, we... At this point in time, in 2019, we've had social media for, you know, double-digit years. We've felt the impact of these type stories. So, you take them with a grain of salt. Though, when you take a step back, Dion has coached in high school for a long time, right? He's coached the Under Armour All-American game. He lives in Florida, and he went to Florida State. So, as crazy of a Hail Mary and just the laughter that ensues when you read it, you go, it's not totally nuts, right? Just that someone would have this idea that Dion would know the number one booster at Florida State and would be like, hey man, I'd be interested. I would want to do this. Or maybe over the years has has talked to those boosters or the the guys that have, maybe the AD, whoever the fuck it is, like kind of BS him, but kind of seriously, like I'm ready. You know, now, is he ready? Like that would be pretty insane. That would be insane, you know, because you when you coach that school, who I was listening to uh, Mandel and Bruce's uh, athletic podcast, just because I kind of wanted a football fix, a college football fix, and it was those guys talking on Monday, just going over different scenarios on coaching candidates. And Mandel brought up a good point. Like, I think a lot of people are shitting on Florida State. Like, it's not this good job. They were in the national championship six years ago. And three years ago, right until about like the second to last week, they were competing to go to the national championship. So let's not act like this, like Florida State, because I think a lot of people are doing this. They're just like, they're they're living in the past. No, Jimbo won an Addy with a guy named Jameis Winston. You know, they, they were competing to be in, they were in a New Year's Six Bowl three years ago. They are in the mecca of athletes. They have won, like, in this decade, multiple times. When we talk about all these players in the league, Devontae Freeman, uh, Derwin James, like, they've produced a ton of Jameis, and I'm missing, I mean, a ton. D-linemen, even guys that have missed, but they were producing a ton. Like, you get credit for a second rounder, even to me, that misses. Like, you're producing talent. That guy, you know, like, uh, Mario Edwards Jr., that was a second. Like, they were just producing a ton of guys. And 
Like, that program is not... Again, I think Nebraska's a good... Like, when we grew up, Tommy Frazier and, and just Lawrence Phillips and... Uh, who, what was the head coach's name? I almost said Frank Solich. Tom, Tom Osborne. Osborne. Yeah, I was like, no, Frank Solich wasn't the coach. He was assistant, I think. But, like, that that was a power. He was eventually the... He became he the became head coach. He became the head coach, yeah. But, like, you're watching Scott Frost now, and you just realize... Nebraska, you're, you need to you need to have new expectations. Like you should aspire to be like Iowa State now, like to be a nine and three program. That's good. You're not winning national championships. I think at Florida State, it's fair to be like, well, really, we just have one fucking behemoth to go through, and we even when they've been good, we still can recruit really good players. Like this isn't this isn't Ole Miss. So I think that would be the counter. Like you're gonna hire Deion Sanders at like this job is good, you know. Yeah. So, and the academic, and, the it's like, and it's like Arizona State. Like it's so easy to get guys into school there. That's our big, greatest. I was talking quality. to somebody from Oregon yesterday, and th- there are a lot of people there that took a lot of pleasure. And I think Willie Taggart's failures at Florida State. They feel like they got really lucky that he left. They were not particularly impressed with him there while he was there. Um, did, did he have that so incident Florida with, State. The, with the trainer or the strength staff? Didn't that happen on his watch early? Yeah, where a guy went to the hospital, or a few guys went like to the over, hospital. Yeah, yes. and that was that was like when Willie had first got there in the spring so, or something, right? Yeah, so it started off on the wrong foot. But so is Dion? Is the Dion thing crazy? Yes. Didn't Willie have some like uh, football. But I will guy, say this: uh, like Florida State will do something was his favorite one. Yeah, and they came off win the day. They took down all the win the day stuff and put up do something. Everyone's like do something. But so here's the, here's the deal with Florida State. They, I think everything you said is spot on. Like, why can't they try and go hire uh, some of the top, the same guys that are on USC's list should be on Florida State's list. Because here's what we know about Florida State. They just paid $20 million to get rid of a coach. And you don't do that in my, my, you don't do that to go cheap. on. You don't do that. And then the next guy's like, oh, we got to go cheap. We just spent a lot of money. Like, no, you do that to fix the problem. It ends up costing you. 40 million dollars because you're spending so much money to do all this stuff you don't spend 20 to then go out and spend two on a coach you spend 20 to go get the best guy you can get now the ad because he needed 20 million dollars said in his press conference yes the boosters will be involved which to me is not ideal in a coaching because he's dependent because he's dependent on that right when you just got 20 million dollars from him like you got to hear what you don't it's a two-way street. Yeah. You notice, like when the startups take, so, start taking the VC capitalist money, they don't get to just do all their creative ideas anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So now, again, I'll say this: Is it crazy? Yes. Could you convince me? Look, man, we're going to spend a ton. We're going to overspend on offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. We're going to make Dion our head coach, and. We're going to kind of do out here what ASU is doing at ASU, but on a bigger scale. Now, the difference is Herm is a legit – Herm has proven to be a legitimate coach. Guy, he's coaching the right? NFL at multiple coach. franchises. I'm not saying it's the same thing at all. I'm just saying you're going to spend money for your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator to kind of run the, run the team. Now, you're right, Herm – really runs a game like Herm runs the game like Herm is this whole thing about like Herm he's he's gonna be the CEO when the football game starts he is the head coach and there's no question about who the head coach at Arizona State is 
So, I, I, I mean, it is crazy, but to me, this is just you're going to get some crazy ideas when you needed $20 million from your boosters. And at the end of the day, they should try and get the guy at Iowa State, or they should try and get – I mean, why shouldn't they try and get James Franklin? Why shouldn't they try and get uh, a head coach at a major program? That is who they – what P.J. Fleck, I don't know. Mike Norvell, but like whatever. Lane, yeah, I mean, whoever, whoever the hottest names are, you're right. They should be on them. But this is what I love when you. This is what to me is so great about college football, because there are there's one AD, but there are like thirty people depending on the program that have a ton of sway. I'd say the biggest difference also with Herm, when you've been a head coach, multiple places, you've hired. That's not fair to Herm. Yeah, you've hired coaches. So Dion, like Herm is, is very dependent on his coaching staff and definitely his coordinators, but he's never hired coordinators. And then when you look at, like, the two guys, probably the two curveballs that Herm brought in, like, whoa, when he hired Antonio Pierce, which clearly is a pretty fucking high-level guy. And it was a perfect, it was like, this guy's a coach, Herm knows him, they're friends, and he's just a badass recruiter. And then he goes, oh, yeah, I coached this Hall of Famer, Kevin Mawai, that just itches to be around it. And you just, like, watch Kevin Mawai talk, you're like, goddamn, <laughs> you know, no wonder they're kind of tough. And you just see him and Antonio Pierce... Like, they're not just in it because it's cool. Like, Antonio Pierce is in it because he likes co- he likes the whole thing. And Mawai is even probably just more of a junkie because he's not. I mean, Mawai's technically like the analyst right now, right? Correct. So, yeah. And they yeah. got. He got to be the O line coach for like two weeks, two years ago because Dave Christensen had to leave for family. And, and, and Marvin Lewis, another guy who is someone with the Arizona State program, uh, I was texting with him like a month ago. Was like, you know, it's kind of crazy about Marvin. Because I texted him after I watched the Hard Knocks. And I'm like, Marvin's kind of doing a lot. He's like, yeah. I didn't think some people around here thought he was going to come in and just collect a check. I'm like, yeah, Marvin Lewis is a pretty high-level motherfucker. <laughs> you know? And when you watch the Hard Knocks, have you watched it? Yeah. Herm kind of relies on him, you know? And, and Marvin takes pride. Like, Marvin has taken pride in... He's getting to fly under the radar. Like, you, you've been in the office. He doesn't have some massive office, does he? He kind of has an office the size of, like, middle cost when he was at Fresno State. Yeah, I just went third person. His, so his office was previously – I'd been there before he was there. It was just, like, a room. It was a room with, like, a little couch in it and kind of a mini conference table. They just used it for other stuff. So, yeah, it's not – I'm not saying Dion's would no, be a screw-around no window, guy. has no windows. Because I don't think Dion is a screw-around guy. And I remember Bobby April told me this, who's, who's special teams coordinator, like a million different places. I actually think Bobby April's the special teams coach right now at LSU for Ed Ogeron. I have to double-check that. Really? Yeah, let me double-check that. Huh. But he told me one time about Dion. He's like, I was a young uh, – yeah, he is the special teams coach. And don't sleep on Bobby April. Fantastic human being. I'm glad he's at LSU. God, I hope he wins. I hope they win this week. Maybe he's not, actually. He was an analyst last year, so maybe he's not there anymore. Is that uh, maybe he's just retired. Is Bobby told me that the thing about Dion, everyone saw the prime time and all the BS, and if you watch the uh, the 30 for 30, like there's a lot that comes with Dion. He said he was always the first guy in my meeting room. He always sat in the front. He knew everything that was going on and on the practice field. He had that Michael Irvin, you know, Jerry Rice. Like, he really busted his ass. I just wonder, like, there's not – is there – you've been to Arizona State around the program, and clearly you see it on the television program. Is there any screwing around going at the program? 
No, and they also have an athletics director. Like the, it's there is no question who's in charge, right? It's the AD, Ray Anderson. It's not nineteen boosters. It's the the AD. And, He's calling. And, the shots. and who does everyone ever like? Herm answers to one person. And who does everyone? Like every player answer to, right? Herm. And they, yeah, they Herm, know Herm. he's the boss. Yeah. Right. And and again, like I think he's the best version of Dion because you watching that hard knocks, you like you know what he does a good job of uh, is keeping it loose and fucking around a little bit. Because you have, it's it's football. Sometimes I think you get too like that's why I think Saban wears people out. Now you can't argue that it works. But it's just there's not that much dicking around with Nick. Whether I think there is a little more. You watch James Franklin. You watch it. They do loosen it up a little bit. And I'm sure Nick does too. Kind of. I think Nick brings in like his loose moments, like bringing to Kobe to yell about them about drive. You know, like, they're just those guys are just wired like that. I think Dabo would be a good example of it. It's probably much looser. I just that's a huge ass. Say what you want about Willie Taggart, and he clearly is not good. He had coached, you know, in theory knew what to do, right? Knew how to, like, run a schedule, knew how to run recruiting, knew how to do it all, and it was beyond over his head. And I'm not saying he actually knew how to execute it, but he did know the blueprint, right, of, like, what you do on certain days, how you run a practice, how you send guys to recruiting. Again, in theory, maybe he didn't, which I think would be crazy. How did Oregon and Florida State hire him if he doesn't hand them a blueprint of what to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Did, did, I also have a question. Other, when you say Oregon people are taking joy, did they also feel like he spurned them, or were they just glad he left? Yeah, well, I think, A, they were offended. Like, you, you leave us? Are you serious? After we hired you? So that was the initial thing. But I also think just, like, they, by the time he left, felt like they'd been they'd been duped a little. What was it? Do you? Do, Do something. something. Yeah. Uh, can we rattle through a few more here? Quick, kind of quickly, but Chase Young could be the number one. But probably, I know you were telling me you think he's the number one prospect. Like, he's the best player in the next draft, right? Yeah. Sometimes quarterbacks get overdrafted. You think he's the best player? I think uh, he's a borderline lock to go number one overall, honestly, guy. I mean, like a Miles Garrett level pass yeah, rusher, be- right? better player in college, about yeah. So the question is, which Big Ten rival turned in Ohio, secretly turned in Ohio State for what we, I guess, as a recording of this, it seems like a friend or a family member or an associate, somebody might have received an impermissible benefit. Like I, I get, I, if you, I can't believe he's gonna. Well, I understand if you get caught like with the feds, and it's like, well, the F, uh, coach just got surfed. You're like, well, yeah, then it's out, right? How does this get out? Like, how does? Guy Haberman that works in the NCAA compliance office find out that Chase Young got two thousand dollars from a family friend. Like, how does that? How do you find that out without, like you said, someone well, turning them in? Yeah, and the hard part, like I know of a, I I heard of a situation a few years ago where there was a player getting recruited, and football, or basketball, uh, by by two schools. Uh, I won't say, but there's a player getting recruited. And two teams recruiting him, and all of a sudden that player's dad gets a new truck. Basketball. And the coach that doesn't get the player turns in the situation of the NCAA. But how's the NCAA? They don't. They have no access to anybody's bank records. They don't have access to anything. Like they can't prove it. What? How could they prove? So how could they? I think prove the NCAA finds stuff out. 
So that's what I'm saying. I think the NCAA finds stuff out all the time. How they prove anything is beyond me. I don't know. Well, you just, that situation, I would imagine coaches, why would you not, if you are doing it the right way, not constantly turn people in? When you're busting your ass, you're dedicating your life to recruiting these kids, and shit like that happens. And if you're unwilling to do it, we're not even going to tap into that water, which I'd argue, well, you probably should get out of college, because especially in basketball, like, I think I figured it out. I don't know the player or coach, but it, like, if you're not going to do it. I've told you the story before with the details. You're not going to get the player. I would imagine a lot of coaches turn people in. I mean, I've heard Bob Stoops was doing it for years. Like, we're not going to cheat. if When we find out you're cheating, he said this at Big 12 Media Days, and I think Lincoln runs a pretty clean program too. Really clean. Like, I think he's because he learned from Bob. We're turning you in, and we're not going to feel – we're not going to feel bad about ratting on. Like we're not being in. We're not being some whistleblower here in the sense that we're ruining college football or basketball. You're fucking. We're tr- trying to recruit this guy. Let him pick it without you giving him a house. To me, that because when I when I saw the story broke this morning, I thought, well, they caught him. An agent gave him a hundred grand or something like a Reggie Bush type deal. And then, it, well, at least he tweeted. That's not what happened. Uh, because if that's, like you said, I would imagine someone turned him in. Because is there a chance that when he was being recruiting, like, hey, my mom really needs like $20,000 for this, whatever. And so the mm-hmm. coaches know about it because that's how it would be. Because I, I don't see how this would. It's easy to understand when someone gets a car, someone gets a house, and they get turned in. Because the other coaches are going to know because he's he's basically just using his leverage of, if you want me, this is what it costs. Blue chip style. Yes, because they would have given it to him too. They just <laughs> yeah. didn't have the right number. Or the one coach that won't yeah. give they, it to him, like we're not going to do this, and then sees that he goes to their conference rival. So then you go, I got to play this guy in basketball or football. Fuck you. Like this is not fair. And that's a whole other argument. Like why, do, why does anyone care? Well, those are the rules right now. Because right. these coaches, uh, if they could, right, they would pay these guys. Let's uh let's rank the games of the weekend real quick. <clears throat> College and NFL. I think there is a distinct one. If you can only itself. watch one yeah, game this not weekend. Close. Alabama LSU. Okay, so then the question is, what game is number two? Is it and to me it's between Cowboys, Vikings, Jets, Giants. We're not counting Monday. We're not counting Monday. Well, because we'll so Cowboys, Giants. <laughs> Sorry, Cowboys, Vikings. <laughs> or Minnesota. Penn State. I like call me crazy. I, I'm just not jumping on this PJ Fleck bandwagon. Like I gotta be somewhere to watch a Minnesota game if it's not the Minnesota Vikings. So I, Minnesota Penn State, I don't take quite as seriously. Good point. Yet. Big Minnesota football weekend. Yeah, I, and that's cool for them. And it's listen, I PJ Fleck, bald guy, high energy, seven year contract or something this year or this week. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the. Is that one of those like, oh, everyone's gonna come for him? Seven year contract. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Now I did. I did. It just raised the buyout. I googled. He's a Midwest guy, so to me, he's got like Penn State written all over him. If James would ever leave, or if Michigan fired, you know, Harbaugh left, like Michigan, like he's he ain't going to the South. Would be my guess, just looking at kind of his history, his bio, who he, maybe hang out, maybe the head coach at Ohio State in three, four years, something like one hundred percent. So I would go. Yeah. Would you? Would you? Would you choose anything other than Alabama LSU? No, that's clearly number one. What time's your game? Uh, noon Pacific. What time is that game? Twelve thirty. Oh, all right. Well, Pac twelve Network. I'll give you. I'll give you the second TV. Yeah. 
Problem is, I only watch for the volume. So yeah, I just but but I have to I appreciate that. But you got but Penn State Minnesota is earlier. It's a nine. So that's like your yeah, which is incredible. Okay, that's close to get that game at nine a.m. Today for today's for God, these games are we got like twelve hours before kickoff. Maybe I'm crazy. I'm pretty fired up for Penn State Minnesota. No, I am too. I am too. Because I do think if I just want to see, I just if so, you'd put that game at worst. You'd put that game third. You'd put it ahead of Rams Steelers. You'd put it ahead of Panthers Packers. Yeah, it's hard for me when one of the quarterbacks, Kyle Allen, to have you super high. Uh, I, yeah. I do think the Rams Steelers game is just a sneaky. If the Rams kick the shit out of them, like they're coming, and if the Steelers win, they're coming. So whoever wins that game is gonna be feeling be feeling themselves. Like are are just the L.A. Rams. Just some juggernaut where they just go on the road to a team like Pittsburgh. Guys, it's starting to get early November. You notice it's getting a little colder out there. You see some shots of some of these programs like back in the Northwest, and it's not warm. So, like, let's not act like the Rams are just some lock to just fly into Pittsburgh, even if it's like 40 degrees, and feel comfortable. Like, do you think Jared Goff's just non 60 degree quarterback, just some lock to play well in cold, frigid temperatures? I'm not saying it's, I'll, I'm going to Google the weather right now. It might not be like frigid, but 50, 53. What would you guess Pittsburgh is? It says 53 okay. degrees right now. Today, like, he got lucky. Today is a cold day. It's like all 30s. Tomorrow, high 45. He he got lucky because Sunday's going to be the warmest day of the week. But 53 is still not you know 68. The, you know the biggest line in the NFL this weekend? It's 13 and a half. Yeah, it's Atlanta, New Orleans. I mean, ugh. Atlanta could be one and eight, one and eight if they lose this game. John, like, no, you know what we don't talk about at all is Zach Taylor. They play the Ravens. They could be 0 and 9, the, the Bengals. I think this is because they're the Bengals and so no one talks about them. I, it's crazy. Like, you, Marvin got out. Like, yeah, he got out at the right time. You, you could argue that the Falcons. That used to be one of the better rivalries the last like six or seven years. Like that was a legit deal in the South because every game was loud as hell. Yeah, right. Now they're no matter where they played, the game was going to be they're loud. Two touchdown underdog, like two years being removed from the Super Bowl. How, how's that possible? And it's not. I, I keep thinking to myself, is it big enough? <laughs> they do throw up. They do throw up a lot of hollow yards, though. They're king of like scoring late touchdowns. Lions Bears has some implications of. Like, the Bears lose. The, the pick for the Raiders yeah. keeps getting better. Well, the, at this point, you'd say, I mean, you'd be surprised if the if it isn't. If the, the Bears pick is going to be better than the Raiders pick. Well, one, like, thing I, one thing I did notice, though, is this. There are six teams on buys, so the slate is just a little thinner. Because I was like, God, it doesn't feel like there's that many games. Well, you got... Remember, like the when the Niners were on a bye week three, it was only two teams, so you you still had two more games. I think once you get to this part yeah. and they start giving four to six teams buys, you just it's just a little thinner. So you just you're kind of dead. Your 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 success of the day is predicated on just hoping you get some good matchups, and it's just not great. I will say this: you got the Broncos on a bye, the Redskins. The Texans and the Jags. It's Texans, Jags, Pats, Eagles. Yeah, I like those teams. I'll say this, though, about the Bam LSU game. Hmm. That if the great part about sports, probably more than, you know, any other public, you know, profession, is that 
everyone shits on you immediately when they think you suck, player or coach. And for the most part, Eddie O got shit on in the sense of, God, you're giving him one of the best. Because no matter any time of year, unlike Nebraska or, you know, uh, what was the other program we were talking Florida State, like, no one ever argues that. Like, uh, yeah, well, she's a top five program in the country. Like, it's, yeah, that's one of the, that's the pristine job. Like, that's, that's a big boy job. And people are like, they gave it to Eddie O. And then as things have kind of transpired, you go, he kind of makes sense there. And it turns out, you know, he's probably a little more high level than some of us California elites that make fun of the way he talks. And it's not just us out west. It's probably everywhere. It's everybody of every income status that makes fun of the way he talks. I'm not trying to be like hyperbole or whatever because they've had historic games in this rivalry. But given what it would mean to that individual... In my lifetime, it would be one of the crazy... Now, Alabama's not quite as good, so upsetting them isn't quite as crazy. It's not like they're a 15-point favorite, right? They're a six-point favorite. But it would be a enormous win for the human being. It would be as big of a win as I remember in recent memory for one coach against that program. Just a valid, like a validation. Yeah. We got it right. I, I, I find myself, yeah. guy, and I've been thinking about this last couple of days, I'm rooting for LSU. Now, part of it is like, I am I've seen enough Alabama in the playoffs. Give me a couple new teams. But I, I think yeah. it would be cool for this guy. I'm with you. DraftKings game guy, get into it. I'm with you. DraftKings, get in it. We get, we'll send the link out yeah, again. You Venmo me $100, too, and I'll, I'll get into that uh, $100 game. 107. 107. <laughs> we got to pay the VIG. That's right. All right. Later. Peace. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.